Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Colson Smith and as always, I am joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Ben Ritchie. Oh, he's prepared. I'm I'm not mucking around anymore. I've had a few series to get this right. My own gag. Ben Ritchie. Ben Ritchie. Do you know what? I might keep it as a name. (laughs) It's good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I sound like I'm in sort of like, kind of, I don't know, America. Ben Ritchie. Hey, man. It's Ben Ritchie. Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate you all on films. Now, it's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we set a film for the others to watch and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated about that film. Now the beauty of our podcast is anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday. This week's film has been chosen by Ben and it is the black and white Italian classic that is <laughs> Bicycle Thieves. But before we get into talking all thing Bicycle Thieves... As always, how has your week been? I I think I lost the ability to speak a few times during that. By the it's way, nothing, nothing new, nothing, nothing new, new. No. <laughs> nothing new, nothing new. There we go. It's fine. What have you been up to? Well, I had the vid caught me. Oh, topical. It was cool when I got it. When now you've got it, it's not cool. I don't think it's cool now. Is it? Everyone seems to be getting it. Like everyone, everyone. <laughs> but um, no symptoms, nothing. Just I'm in the shower. <laughs> I'm in the shower Monday morning, and uh, I can't smell the shampoo. And I go, "This is weird." A shower gel, nothing. What shower gel? Are you using um, uh, Links? No, <laughs> Links Africa Christmas box set. No, it's FCUK box set. Annie's mum got me it for Christmas. I like that. I like that. Is that French Connection, FC UK? It is, yeah. So I'm using that and I can't smell it, but obviously I've never used it before, so I'm not sure whether <laughs> it's... I'm not sure whether it's just shit <laughs> or, or if I can't smell it. <laughs> so I get out and I go, well, I'll clean my teeth now. I can't taste any toothpaste. Can't taste any mouthwash. I'm like, ooh, this is a big one. So I just ring up work and go, can't smell a taste. And they're like, ah, right, do a lateral four. 
says I've got it. Two lines. See you later. Thanks for coming. Does it come back now, though? Can you uh, can you taste your shower gel? I can, I can taste my shower gel, and I can um, smell your cooking. <laughs> smell my cooking. Yeah, it's uh, yes. Everything's back. That was it. That was the I, other other than the uh, smell and taste. I wouldn't have known that I got it. You actually look like you've been back in lockdown, Jack, because your hair is <laughs> going wild, isn't it? It You're is giving it the full booth. You look like you've gone to a hairdresser and said, I'll have a backcomb booth, please. Do you know what I've been doing? It's because I've been watching, like, a lot of John Hughes films and, like, everyone's got massive hair, like, 80s hair. So that's what I've been doing. You're going 80s hair? Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Good on you. See, for the last two months, I've only had my sides done because I wanted to grow mine out on top. Yeah. But... I don't know how long that's going to last for now because I keep... You know when you see photos of you with short hair and you're like, oh, I want that back again? Yes. But I want, I want like, a perm. That's that's <laughs> what I want in summer. No one ever says that. I want a blonde perm in summer. <laughs> Curly blonde perm. Oh, my God. It's crikey. That's the goal. 2022, the blonde perm. <laughs> 2020 was the year of the silver. 2021 was the blonde. 2022 is the blonde perm. You've got to set goals, otherwise you've got nothing to look forward to, have you? <laughs> the blonde perm. So that's been my week. What about you, Ben? What have you been up to? Anything good? Loads and loads. Loads. <laughs> um, so, last week, start of 2022, my start of 2022 was star my dog doing a shit in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And I had to play shit hopscotch. Yeah, yeah. Right, so... <laughs> so I was like right fine we went to a vet and all that and actually she had a little bit of medicine whatever and we changed her food and it might have been that anyway this vet rang us up and went, I've just got to ask and it's a bit embarrassing but we've just got to talk about Star's poo and I went <laughs> okay my wife was on the phone puts on loudspeaker and alright she said look it can tell you a lot about how a dog is do you know what I mean? If it's like, whatever. Mm. And she said, I know this is a bit embarrassing. It's fair play, actually. Very good vet. But you've got to tell me what kind of colour it was. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, me thinking, I'm thinking, you're just thinking browns, aren't you? Brown. You're thinking shades of brown, aren't you? <laughs> you, you you're just going to go off with that. <laughs> my wife, my wife starts off with the... I think it started off in a kind of dark chocolate. <laughs> Bourneville. Started off as Bourneville. Started off as a green and blacks. Well, my head had gone. My head has gone now. It's st- not dark brown. My head has properly gone to this vet. I've had to walk, almost walk out. We stuck, yep, some of it was a bit sort of dark chocolate green, but you know, a heavy kind of dark 85%. <laughs> but she's doing it really innocently. She's not doing it to be funny. She's doing it to be innocent. Well, I'm not. My head's gone. No. And then as we go around the kitchen, then further on, I'd say it just went a bit more dairy milk. Oh, <laughs> I'm, gone. Gone. I'm gone. I'm absolutely gone. It's gone a bit more dairy milk. He must have thought she's taking the piss. No, 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 no. She wasn't. And actually, the vet took it. Absolutely right. But of course, then my wife goes, and what do you think, Ben? I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. Because all I'm thinking is food. I heard Ben on the phone to his wife earlier this week, Jack. (laughs) And he went, yeah, yeah. 
watch out for that lint chocolate and then hung up and was laughing to himself and I went what are you laughing about and he then proceeded to tell me this story yeah. and any time he's on the phone now he's just talking about different chocolate <laughs> it, just, it just tickled me that the vet thought this is an embarrassing situation I don't want to talk about and we love our dog absolutely love our dog but it just when it dropped into it's a bit it was started off at a bit green green and blacks so though that was my week god you wouldn't want to squeeze out a Toblerone would you <laughs> <laughs> imagine that That's certainly you, want, you don't want a milky bar <laughs> you don't want you don't want but she's fine now she's lovely she's doing very well no more no more chocolate poos <laughs> chocolate poos no more chocolate poos Colson um, I've not been up to loads, but um, yesterday was my two-year anniversary of running. Two years since I went for my first run. I saw that on the gram. You remember well, don't you, Ben? I remember that. You used to, you wrapped up, and I think your first run was a walk. <laughs> I think you did the ten-minute walk, and I think you remember saying to, we went. I remember going on my very first run with you, and you were wrapped up. Now you go in like proper running gear, yeah, like nothing. But you went in the full snood. First time I went out, <laughs> I literally did not because I didn't. I didn't want to be seen, so I was yeah. cap on, snood to the eyes. I looked like a post box on my first one. <laughs> you did actually. You went yeah. fair play. We hit it. We did a run, didn't we? Yeah. And now I couldn't keep up with you. Now it's pointless. Now you were nasty to me the other time when we went for a run. <laughs> Nasty. I think we've spoke about this chat, yeah. but Ben's he doesn't let me forgive it and he mentions it at really inappropriate like if I ever ask for something, he always reminds me of the time that I left him in a housing estate in Eccles. <laughs> no, you just went off. You just went off and then sort of looked you back at me. You told me to go off. No, you look back at me a bit like, mm, look at you. Because I was having to circle <laughs> look Jack. At, look like. at you. Mm, trying your best. My little spindly legs. He's off. He's given it the he's given it the two minute mile. He says, I've got to break my time. I can't hang on for you. I've got my time to think about. I don't do that anymore, just to clarify. I run slow now. (laughs) Nice and steady. Well done. Two years, Colson. Well done. Here's to the next two. (laughs) We might get you on a run, Jack, with your old Converse on. I'd love it. Jack in his jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you turn up to the gym once in your jeans and your Converse? Jeans and Converse. He got a membership at Pure Gym on his phone and went in his jeans Went in for a day. And then I cancelled it as I was walking home. (laughs) (laughs) I know what it was. The weights weren't heavy enough. That's that's what it is. I'm I'm just too big. I'm too big in there. I put, I put people off. Come on, lads. Come on. Stop staring. <laughs> the other thing that um, I've done this week, Jack, actually happened today. So I got back from the gym and Ben was in and I, I said to Ben, I went, oh, I finally got, I've got this new bedding. And I bought it off one of those bloody Instagram adverts like you do. So oh, I was yeah, flicking yeah, yeah. through and I saw this bedding and I was like, oh, it looks nice. So I bought it off an Instagram advert and I said to Ben, I'm going to change it. And ben went, why are you changing your bedding? And I said, oh, I just want my room to be a bit like lighter. I said, I've been waking up not feeling very well. So I've got bedding and I've got a, um, <laughs> what's the other thing that I've got called, Ben? Like a steam thing. Diffuser. No, diffuser, yeah. yeah. So I got um, new bedding and I got a diffuser and I said to Ben, I've just not been feeling well. And Ben went, well, what, what do you mean not well? And I said, well, when I wake up, I always feel grotty, like 
bunged up and everything. And my mum said to get a diffuser because my room light goes hot and cold really weirdly. So then Ben has made me move my bed. I've had to clean everything, top to bottom. We've had hoovered all the court, massive clean. No, no, I mean, Jack. Yeah, he's never done it. He's never done it. He pulled it, yeah. he pulled it back. And you know when, in like Indiana Jones, when they pull a brick out of the pyramids and the dust comes out, it yeah. was like that. You pulled the bed back and it was almost like a secret canopy, wasn't it? A secret cave. <laughs> and both of us were like that. Just to clarify to the people listening in case there's anyone like going, oh, I can't believe Colson lives like that. I'm a, I'm a very tidy person. I just, however, I've never, I've never moved the bed to Hoover before. So, but it, it, it started to me, Jack. We were full, we were the hotel inspector, Alex Palazzi. We were out there. I'm in there. We both were. Taking the Hoover apart, doing it. I'm in there with him, diffuse it. But also you haven't told Jack about the thing you won't mention, obviously which is your electric blanket, which you have on level nine. He puts it on and the lights in Manchester dim. <laughs> it's fucking good. My grandma had one of them. Jack, oh, it is good. But you get too hot. No, I don't now, do I? I used to. When I was fat, mm, I got hot. Yeah, yeah. And, na- <laughs> and now I've got bloody... I've got... Look at my hands now, they're purple. <laughs> like, I've got Reynard, low blood pressure. I used to be so healthy, yeah. now look at me. Now, with two years of running, he's freezing. <laughs> so I'm always cold. Mm. Oh, hands and feet are always, like, blue, like that sort of colour. Hands, feet, kneecaps, randomly. So, in bed, my mum bought me a heated blanket to, like, keep me warm, and it's, it is top tier. Yeah, but, I mean, you have it on all night. It is good. You wake up like you've been in a sauna. Well, tonight you can you can snuggle with me in my bed and <laughs> see, see what you say in the morning. It's tempting because you've cleaned, but it's too hot. <laughs> Shall we do what we're here to do, which is talk about the bicycle thieves? Ben. Ah. Synopsis. Dead easy. Synopsis. Bicycle thieves. Rome. Post-war. 1948. Antonio Ricci. Needs a job, gets a job, putting up posters in Rome. Needs a bike for the job. You suddenly realise he's pawned his bike. There's no work. He's got no money. Uh, they sell their linen to get his bike back. And on his first day, his bike is stolen, meaning he loses his job. It's very good pay. And the rest of the film is about him trying to get this bike back. Only a short watch, this one, which surprised me because I was expecting the big three-hour jobby. But it's only one hour 20, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, 85 minutes, yeah, I think it comes in at. And I watched it with the mother-in-law, actually. She's a good watch. She's a good watch. This this is it. I think there's something going on. Late at night. Yeah. You you two staying up when everyone goes to bed? Well, yeah. The old share in the Maltese. Yeah, it was just us two. Just us two was up. And I says, I've got to watch this film for the podcast, blah, blah. And she went, oh, what is it? I told her what it was. She went, oh, well, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to go to bed soon. Anyhow, I put it on. She's just sort of like flicking her head up and just sort of watching it. And she went, this is quite... And then I went, well, do you want to watch... I mean, it's only on for like another hour. And she was like, yeah, all right. Oh, so she stayed up and she, she watched it with me. Very good. Um, did you know that none of the people in it are actors? Really? None of them. 
So one of the interesting things about a film like this is obviously black and white, subtitles, Italian. Now, it's our second subtitled film in a row. Oh, yeah. Didn't think of that. Mm. When Ben said his name for the podcast, you said what, Ben? Ben Ritchie. Well, I thought his name was Ricky. Because <laughs> obviously oh, I've been reading it. But he says it. He says Ricky. No, he doesn't. I think he does. I tell you now, when you watch that film back and he doesn't go... Oh, it's Ricky here. <laughs> I, I've got a job for you, Ricky. He doesn't say that. I don't know if you noticed this, Jack, because me and Ben actually watched this together. Oh, did you? Yeah. But I don't know if you noticed this. There's some bits where it's like they've not been asked to subtitle it, and it like, you, they'll be talking, and then it'll just catch up, and it'll just sum it into one line. It's all dubbed after, isn't it? You can tell. Oh, so the sound's dubbed anyway, is it? Yeah. I think the sound's dubbed over. But... I think we need to go back to the point before that you might not have known. No, no one in that film is an actor. No one. So the guy who plays the lead was working in a factory. The kid who's in it, who's unreal, was yeah. watching filming, was hanging around the film set, and they said, do you want a part? No. Never done it. Had no clue. How do you start a film with no actors? Uh, the director had done a film before, couldn't get any money. So he self-funded it. He self-funded the film. And I think they must have gone through a bit of rehearsal, but they were going through periods of trying to find... If you notice at the start of the film, it's sort of centred around him and his wife, isn't it? Mm. Then obviously as they're filming, they see this kid. Yeah, and he comes in then. But no one, no one in that film, none, the thieves, no, the police, no one, none of them are actors. Did anyone go on to, like, do anything amazing after? He struggled for work afterwards, apparently, the the main guy. Ah. Well, ironically, I just find it funny that after the film, the guy struggles for work and couldn't get any work, and the whole in the film premise is he can't get any work. <laughs> yeah. So what was this film, as soon as it came out, a massive success? Or was this a success, like, 20 years later? When did it kind of make its name? I think it was more later. It did well. It did do well. It got an honorary award at the Oscars, though, like, two years later. Yeah, so it did do well, because it was part of this new wave of cinema, which was almost hyper-realism. And it was what was going on. He's making a comment on what was going on after the war. And... The fact he used no actors and the fact that the story is so simple, but also so big. It's a it's a, a tiny story, but with huge ramifications for the after the war, what was happening in Italy and what were happening to everyone. They couldn't get work. So it always did well. And it's been named ever since, I suppose, one of the greatest films of all time. And it is a really simple story. Like Benson in the synopsis, we, we meet a man who's literally just got a job. And to accept his job there and then, the only like the only term of the job is, have you got a bicycle? And he lies. He says, yes, I've got a bicycle because he needs the job. So he goes and finds his wife and he's like, look, we need to get a bicycle. I've got this job. Needs to go and get one. So they, you know, they sell their bedsheet so they can buy this bicycle because that's kind of the investment. Well, they for... get the bicycle back out of Hock, don't they? They've 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 put it in to get some money on it. They've put it into a pawnbroker's, so he can get the money back. So that's oh, effective. so he buys his own bicycle back. Yeah, that's the point. So they've already sold. I suppose the point is they've sold everything of value. Yeah. Apart from their sheets to eat. Well, that's what the wife said. She was like, "You don't need." 
sheets to sleep on, do you? Yeah. Uh, but, he, you know, he, he gets this job, so, you know, everything's looking up, everything's going to be fine. I thought that was great shot in that pawnbroker, so when you see all the bedding that everybody's yeah. just been selling their sheets. And to be fair, to the actor who's working behind the counter, the way he jumps up. Yeah. Yeah, but it's obviously his job. But the hat was great, wasn't it? Like, and it was massive. Yeah, but it's obviously, that is real. Yeah. And that was his job. That's what's so fascinating, I suppose, is one of the things about it was you could not shoot anywhere that was a set. That was the part of this kind of new wave. It all had to be real. Everything had to be real. So everywhere he shoots, every person is doing the job they normally do. Oh, so you th- you think even the guy, like the pawnbrokers, was a guy, right, working there? Yeah. And they shot it like a dog. That's why it was so kind of revolutionary at the time. I mean, it's quite a thing. You're going to make a film with your own money and have no actors in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's quite a risk. Yeah. And then shoot everyone doing their own job. I mean, it's quite a thing, really, when you look at it. I mean, not many people, you wouldn't be able to do it now. So, no, everyone's what they did, I think. So he gets to his first day, and basically his job is to go around sticking posters up, isn't it? But his first day couldn't really have gone any worse. Ben, you've worked real jobs. Ever had a nightmare first day? Um, Chopping people's heads off was a bit tricky. (laughs) Um, At the London Dungeon, that was a bit... That was my first day was a bit like, ooh, I've got to get used to screams for 12 hours and it's a bit dark. Did you feel a bit awkward doing that or not? No, you get right into it. I got right into it. I loved it in the end. Because people were there to have a good time. So, you know what I mean? They love being scared. People love being mm. scared. And I was the first person they'd see to scare them. So that was, that was like, great. I've done tons of jobs. I did a thing where I had to count how many people get off the, the Tyneside Metro. What? Yeah. Yeah, I had to wait by the station and click a clicker for how many people got off the metro. And then I had another clicker in the other hand for how many people got on. <laughs> oh, my God. How far I've come. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember your first day, Jack? At work? Do you remember your first job? Do you remember your first ever, like, working day? Uh, where the heart is. Where the heart is. I've only ever done TV work. I remember my first job. I was stood in a river in Wales for fucking hours. Hours. It was a short film and it was cold. So hold on, both of you have never done a job, proper job? Oh, no, like only act, yeah. I was 10, Ben. Yeah, you still get a job at 10. Yeah, well... Paper round. You can't. Not when you're on TV. You can't do paper round when you're on TV. You can. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, David yeah. Platt, he's dropping his papers off. I get beaten up by local <laughs> kids. I always half wished that I did get the opportunity to have a proper job. Like, I I worked a shift in um, my family's bottle store in New Zealand for, like, four hours. I've always wanted to be a waiter. I know that. Hospitality rather than retail for me, definitely. Yeah, just a, just a waiter, front of house. I just love to do that. Maybe not in England, but yeah. Or a barman. I think I'd be a good barman. Good chat. Meet loads of people. 
I remember being a barman and we had to do cocktails and I'm colourblind and I couldn't see I couldn't see the colours of what I was mixing. <laughs> I think people got all sorts of cocktails. I couldn't see them. There was one green, one brown top, one yellow top and I couldn't see them. White just, Russian, please. <laughs> oh, just, here we go. Here we go. Good luck with this. Good. Whatever you think it is, I'll make them slightly differently. Um, and then I used to make this drink where you could float different weights of alcohol on top of each other and it was red white and blue yeah it's called a um it's called a something sunrise tequila yeah no it's not a tequila. No. I, I know what it is it's um it's quite sweet it's my sort of yeah it's quite sweet and fruity so where are we now so his first day on the job is what we were talking about before we established that me and jack have only ever had one job <laughs> <laughs> so we get these so there's some thieves around aren't there straight away actually so is it is it rome yeah yeah so and that's like city of rome in 1940s exactly how it was yeah exactly so they sort of live in the new part don't they in that kind of new estate type thing and then he goes into the center of rome to put those posters up and he gets his bike stolen and it, it's three of them and the reason he needs the bike is because he's got to travel all around Rome sticking these posters up, yeah? Yeah. And I thought, what's so important about these posters? But I think, is it something like there's some sort of entertainment industry boom after the war? Oh, I don't know. Because it seems like he's putting up posters of, like, movie stars. I suppose the point of it is, is that also that centre of Rome is hustling and bustling and on the outskirts, everyone's got no work. Yeah. And no money. But in the centre, there's still money, like there was after the war. Loads and loads of people with nothing and then a certain amount of people in the centre did have money. Yeah. So maybe it's trying to show that it's an easy way of showing how different the lives are, isn't it? And the world is just carrying on there kind of thing in the city. And everyone's on a bike. Yeah. So if you're not in a car or a taxi, you're on a bike. I mean, there's thousands of bikes. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to get on the buses. They needed someone like you checking who's going on, who's going off, because they were quite busy, the buses, weren't they? They were chocker, weren't they? They had trams, though. I was surprised at that. They had those electric trams. Did you see them going through the centre of Rome? Did they? In 1940? Yeah. The trams going through. And... The DOP, right, of the film, they, they didn't have work permits to film there in the middle of Rome where the trams are. Yeah. The DOP dressed up as like a tram instructor. <laughs> so whenever the trams were coming in, coming into the shot, he's just signalling them to, to go left or go right. Just telling them to go a different way so that they w- wouldn't, wouldn't get in the shot. And then, and then there was some kerfuffle. All the police came and they arrested him. The DOP <laughs> took him off. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Fair yeah. play. Wants to get it filmed. Yeah, they have gone, like, to lengths to get this film made, really. I wonder how long it took them to film, do you know? No, I don't know. It's interesting. Because it can't... You wouldn't think... You know, it, it, it's, it's pretty much all in two places, isn't it? You know, they've got the bits in the city and then they've got the bits in the neighbourhood that they live in. And his bike gets stolen fairly quickly... Mm. And then the rest of the film is a mission to find this bicycle thief, to find out who this guy is that stole his bike. And the only thing in his head really is getting his bike back. He's not even that asked about revenge of the man who's stolen it. He just wants his bike back so he can keep working. And he has that first night where he goes back with his son and they're kind of walking home and 
says to his wife, he says, someone's stolen the bicycle. He goes to see his friend who's doing some weird amateur dramatic show. Yeah, but he's at night, but he's the bin man in the day, isn't he? He runs the yeah. bins. Mm. And basically he says, look, my bike's been stolen. Have you got any advice? Have you got any help for me? And he says, there's only one place it'll be. It'll be in the markets. We'll go as a team. One person will look for this. One person will look for that. One person will look for that. And together we will find this bike. They don't really help him though, do they? They're all over the place. Is that the bell? There's thousands of bikes. The kid is looking for the bell. He's loving it. The other two don't know what they're looking for. Someone's on tyres and then someone's on pumps. <laughs> someone's I, on I wondered pump. what the bollocks that was. <laughs> I wouldn't go. I would tell you what. I wouldn't go, my bike was nicked. I want my pump back. <laughs> What's your pump look like? It was a small pump. And it went... <laughs> <laughs> it's the way he's testing them. Like, oh, is that the pump? Like, you'd know the noise. Theory is that they think the robbers... What they will have done is they take the bike apart so that you can't find it and sell it all off separately. Yeah. So it's harder. They don't find anything, do they? Like, it kind of gives you the impression from early on that there isn't much hope for them finding a bike in a city that is full of bikes. But they've all got a registration, haven't they? That's what's so interesting. They're all serial number regged. On the frame. Yeah. Yeah. And also you start to see him go from all the way through the film softer to more manic, desperate. Because it's his life. Yeah. This bike is his life. He's no money. He's literally just sold his frigging sheets. Yeah. For like, what is it, 6,000 lira? Seven and a half thousand lira. Six and a half to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's everything to him, this job. And it's everything to his family, his wife. So that's why he's he's desperate, that uh, he needs the job to live. And that's what's so interesting about the film, isn't it? Is it seems so incidental, a bike, but it is so important to the whole of his family. Yeah. Because I guess now, like, bikes are just a thing that kind of everyone has, aren't they? Whereas the minute they get that bike, they literally worship it. Like the first scene is when his, you know, his son's cleaning it before he goes to work and Mm. all that kind of stuff. It is all centered around the bike. I did love all those little scenes that the little simplicity of life back then Mm. could be so simple, but also very scary. If one thing does go wrong, like the bike gets stolen and then that's the whole life. Yeah. Like over pretty much until you get it back. I loved like him getting up in the morning with his son, they're getting the omelettes, getting ready. He drops his uh, kid off at school, doesn't he? he no, says, he drops right. him off at the garage. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's at the he's at the, the gas pumps, yeah. isn't he? I think his kid's working and they sort of give him a <laughs> he uniform. He dropped him off to do wild at art, however it is you did it. <laughs> where the art is. Where, <laughs> the, where art the art is. is. Come to, what are you up to? Where the art is this week? But he drops him off at like, 6.30 in the morning or something, he went, I'll be, I'll pick you up here at 7. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. And it's like, so how old's that kid? That kid must be, what, 7, 6, if that? I think he did work. I can't remember. I think he worked at a flower shop nearby, and that's why I was watching filming. He had a job. He wasn't at school. Wow. So they didn't take him out of school. No. He was at work. So he just went and worked on the film. <laughs> <laughs> so he eventually catches a glimpse of the man that has stolen his bike, doesn't he? Yeah. And 
after he chases after him, he realises that he's not going to catch him up. Well, before that, yeah, he meets that old man. He goes back for the old man, doesn't he? Well, he goes back to the old man, yeah. doesn't he? Because he, he chases after him and he realises he's not going to catch him. So he goes back to the old man who he said he was talking to. And he kind of follows the old man back to, like, a, a crypt, is it, I guess? A, it's a church that obviously run... Ch- church for the homeless, I'm assuming. Church for the homeless, yeah. soup kitchen, they do a... They are called crypts, aren't they? Is that right? One of the crypts down below, isn't it? Crypts where you bury people. In the crypt, yeah. You go down to the crypt, yeah. I thought that was what a church was that, like, had ch- shelter and... A church has a crypt. No, it has a crypt, but it's not. So they're doing a service, Catholic service... And all the way through, and they've got a soup kitchen, they've got hairdressers, haven't they? But you can't get your food, you can't get your haircut unless you've seen the service sort of thing, can you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he basically grills this man to find out who it was he's talking to. And the man kind of gives him the old runaround of, I've never met him, I haven't got a clue what you're about. And he says that he's got a business proposal for him. He says, I, I don't need him for anything. I need to speak to him about a, an offer. Like, it could be good for him and it could be good for you sort of thing. Just, just tell me who he is. And the old man kind of says, right, I'll, you know, I'll tell you, but not here. Like, I'll, I'll tell you outside. And then absolutely legs it, doesn't he? And it's like <laughs> the start of the old wild goose chase again through this church service. And then we get outside and... The old man's done one, hasn't he, really? Mm. But he's, he, he did say an address, didn't he? He has just gone. He's just left him and his son. They're, you know, they're kind yeah. of none the wiser other than this bit of the address. And the guy kind of says, right, I'm going to look for the old man. You wait here at the top of this steps and I'm going to find this old man because he is my one hope at finding this bike. And he's searching down by the riverbanks and you can't see anything. And then you hear like these screams in the background don't you of this crowd that has gathered saying there's a boy drowning there's a boy drowning and then you kind of see it in the father's face that oh god there's a bigger problem on the bike here i think my son's drowning i think my son's dying and you see him like leg it to where he left his son and his son's not there and then he runs down to the river where all this crowd is and you know everyone thinks that his son is drowning but it's not it's it's another boy and his his son's there at the top of the steps. But that kind of, for me, strung a moment where he kind of, it kind of does question the importance of the bike. He leaves his son all the way through the film. Mm. If you watch it, like even when like they're crossing a road, he's miles ahead. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, he crosses the road and it gets run over by a bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they yeah. didn't stop the traffic. I think he nearly did get run over. They are, yeah, they are real cars. They're real <laughs> cars that he nearly got run over. What about when the sun trips over? He must have fell because yeah, that is yeah. that's not a stage fall. And then he says, "I fell over." Yeah, and he goes mad at him. Yeah. And he's wiping his face and he's crying because the kid's getting pissed off. <laughs> yeah, the kid's had enough, hasn't he? That's where you had your rain, Jack. Yeah, the rain comes. Those rain bars come on and you can just tell it's like a tap in it <laughs> that they've just put over the camera. So a man throwing buckets yeah. every five yeah. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so his son's alive, his son is well, and he kind of has that moment. But even then he's still is going after this bike Mm. so with the address that he's got he heads to the neighbourhood and he starts to make inquiries well do they go to the restaurant first 
Because I think there's the moment where his son nearly dies and he recognises his son is not getting, is not having any happy time. There's nothing happy happening to him in his life. So he said, look, we'll get a pizza. And he kind of, you know, he checks his bank and sees what he's got left from after selling the sheets and buying the bike. And he says, look, let, let's go for dinner. So him and his son go and eat and they eat in a restaurant that they particularly don't fit in at, don't they? Yeah, they can't really afford it. It's quite noticeable that they're eating and they kind of having a starter for their main and the family behind them have their starter and they move on to the main and it really does give you the impression that, you know, they don't fit in. They open champagne and it's clear that that is the one meal they're going to have and then there is no money. But they do pay for that, don't they? They pay for it, yeah, but then that's it. And that's because he had the money left from selling the sheets. Guess that's what him thinking his son's dying then triggers him to take him for a meal to have some father-son time. And then as soon as he's done that, 10 minutes later, he is back on the hunt for his bicycle. Yeah. And it takes him to this um, like village, this outskirts of the, ta- of the city. And he sees a man who he believes to be the thief go through this doorway and he ends up in like a brothel doesn't he it's a brothel yeah yeah i said it was a brothel to ben and ben was like no it's not and i was like that sign says 18 18 plus and he was like oh yeah this this could be a brothel i mean i i have never (laughs) been in one but obviously you immediately twigged and went no it's a brothel ben you were actually quite you were actually quite stern about it in fact when i've been to rome i think i've been in that exact one (laughs) i think that's the only bit that's not changed in the last 80 years yeah but they run into a brothel it becomes a very the boy sort of gets defended and then he gets thrown out Mm. and it's trying to set up the area that they're in isn't it this it's it feels to me like sketchy sketchy it feels to me like the dark side of town where he gets hold of this kid and then a bit like where i left you on that run yeah exactly exactly and then it gets all a bit you realize that everyone in that estate all know that this must happen a lot that yeah. people steal things. But they all look out for each other and no one's looking out for him. No one steals from their own and they've, like, they all protect each other, don't they? The mother just really becomes uh, over the top and defending him. And then he has a fit. Yeah. And then the police are called, the kid gets a police. And then they go to the flat and the mum goes, look, I've got nothing. And what you realise is they've got even less yeah. than the guy's lost a bike. And you're like, oh, they're all in one room, or five or six of them. Mm. And I think it's a bit of a shock to him that and they've got some tyres they've hidden, but the bike's obviously not there. The bike isn't there, and he kind of gets, you know, the, the police kind of give him a bit of a telling off. Well, he just says, what do you want to do? Do you want, do you want to take it further and really press charges? Because look at that mob out there. And there's like, what, 40 people all sticking up for the boy? Whilst he's having a fake fit. Yeah. No one's sticking up for him. You've no witnesses. Yeah. And it must be that bit of this kind of happens all of the time because yeah. they've kind of got their escape plan lined up and, you know, they they know what they're doing. They're experienced criminals in a way. Yeah. And that's the moment for him really where he kind of admits defeat and it's kind of what is next for him to do what else can he do and i said to ben 
when he was buying a bike, I said to Ben, there's hundreds of bikes. Why did he just steal one? And Ben went, just watch the film. <laughs> and and it's not a complicated film. <laughs> Why doesn't he just steal it? He should steal it. It's called Bicycle Thief. There's that scene, isn't there, which I assume is outside the Olympico Stadium. There are bikes everywhere. Mm. But isn't that clever? What, that there's hundreds of bikes on one bike on its own? But clearly, the filmmaker, not having permission to film, using it with his own money, has come up with something where... Imagine you said, oh, I'm doing this film and a bike has to be stolen, and then towards the end, I'm going to need probably 10,000 bikes and a football match going on. You go, well, you've got no chance. And he's filmed it when there are just an abundance of bikes in this guy's face and he just needs one. He's just rolled up 30 seconds before final whistle, hasn't he? Mm. And it's, it's tantalisingly close to him getting a bike. Yeah, and the, the, only, the bit that I didn't quite get is why is he gone? I guess there, there there must be a reason behind this and it probably cinematically showed something. So there's thousands of bikes outside the stadium and to the right, just behind him, there is one solo bike outside a house. I think it was easier to steal that one yeah. than the other bikes. When you see everyone coming jostling to get the bikes out, it's like the bike rack pull out. But also, he's got his son. He needs to get rid of the son because he doesn't want his son to witness him becoming a bicycle thief. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's not a very good thief, is he? Well, he sends him on the tram home, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, you go home, I'll meet you there. And he goes off down the street and he's like, where are you going? He goes, go now. So he does as he's told and he's getting on the tram, but he doesn't get on it, does he? And then he goes around the corner. And I loved that. I loved that. No one round, no one round. As soon as he's on the, the man's out. The man's out the house. Instantly. Instantly. I see you. Instantly. It's like, no, you fucking did. Uh, yeah, it was like one of those shows where they go, we caught him. Like trap show. Yeah. And then obviously he runs off, but there's too many people, isn't there? There's too many people giving chase and running after him. And you realise that the thieves at the start of the film worked it very well one yeah. guy blocked his route the other guy got in the cab with him and said oh we went down a tunnel yeah 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 but he didn't have anyone he was on his own and he doesn't get the bike and his son sees him steal the bike and it's kind of every worst case scenario for him it happens i guess doesn't it just his father's destroyed in front of his young kid's face and they're hitting his father and they're arresting his father yeah for stealing the bike and the kid's distraught to see his dad become that he's absolutely bawling his eyes out he's brilliant isn't he that kid and I've noticed like he's got these amazing eyes this kid and they must have got like a light or something some polyboard under because his face is so bright and the rest of around isn't everything's whenever he's walking everything's in shade but just his face is so lit yeah yeah, it's just great, great shots. And then, yeah, it's just them walking off in the end. And the end is they don't get the bloody bike. And you're expecting a happy ending all the way through it. Even when he goes to the clairvoyant and she's like, get the bike this morning or you won't get the bike. You just think it's teeing up for him getting the bike and him being happy and him continuing work. And he doesn't because that's life. Yeah. And it's not very nice. Life isn't nice. Not fair. And they walk off and the director said, Charlie Chaplin was one of his idols and it's a kind of Chaplin 
him and the kid holding hands like a Chaplin film, him walking off. That's what he wanted, the last scene. But you're right. The end of the film is life. Yeah. Life shit. There's no happy ending. No. Uh, and you're not going to keep your job and you're not going to get a bike and actually you've got no money. And then that's it. Finn. Yeah. And I always think if they did have that happy ending, would we remember the film as much? No. I like the fact it's not. I do. Because I think it stays with you and it st- always stays with me that w- whenever I'm watching it with someone and at the end they don't get it and you're like, oh, you just really want them to get it. But that's the reason why you remember the film, I think. Doesn't that keep it true? Yeah, but I think also it it, it makes you realise he's making a huge social commentary. So rather than diving in, it works out, which would be a f- movie ending. Yeah. He's making this nihilistic documentary ending. So it, it, it's very close to always on the edge of a documentary because they're not actors. But at the end, the guy, both of them who are actors are both completely fallen characters. I mean, it's quite, quite incredible performances if you've never done it before. Mm. Amazing, really. Anyone can do it, can't they? It's easy, clearly. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll rate the film. Hello, I'm Jess Phillips an MP and now for the first time a podcast host. I've always been a prolific letter writer, both the good and the bad kind, and know the power of putting words to paper. My podcast is called Yours Sincerely, and in each episode I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. For each guest... They'll reveal why they mean so much to them and how they would sign each letter off. So with that, I'll sign off with yours sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy an episode of my podcast soon. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right. Ratings. Ben, you start us off. 15. (laughs) Um, So I think this was a film I picked, not necessarily because I think every film I pick is going to be a 10 for me. Mm. But I think in terms of cinema, 
it's incredibly important to see what can be done and why people make film. Film is not just maybe always about entertainment. Although the film is entertaining, it is, can be about this bigger reason for making it or bigger commentary. So um, I've always loved it. I saw it at the cinema, saw it at the cinema when I was quite young. What, in 1942? I saw it in 1948. <laughs> I was around then. I think I was 11, so I saw it then. Um, <laughs> I was in Italy on holiday. I was in Italy in a hotel. I didn't went, need the subtitles. I went for the part. You know when Jack went for Billy <laughs> Elliot? I went for the part as the kid. <laughs> didn't get the cast someone who wasn't an actor. <laughs> I was like, any chance? They went, oof, no, you're really bad. <laughs> you know, like, um, so... Yeah, I think I'm just going to go 8.5. Shep? I'm going to go 8.2. I think it's in the eights. The two is for those two, the leads. But yeah, I just it, it really stays with me, this film. It's a simple story. I love the, um, the relationship that he's got with his son, where it seems that sort of era to grow up in is just incredibly hard mm. for everyone. And... I think the director depicts that in in all the scenes throughout the film. Yeah, eight point two. It's it's not a ten. It's not it's not anything like that. Because I think of the simplicity of it. But hats off to the director for making it, especially with like you said, Ben, people who aren't bloody actors. So you're not making it with actors, and you're not making it, and you make it with your own money. I mean, the pressure. Yeah, and no permission. <laughs> yeah, no permission. Yeah, but it's lived the test of time, and it's. Still a brilliant story and brilliant film. So 8.2. I think um, what Ben said in his summary kind of hit what the words I've kind of been looking for for the entire podcast is, you know, it's not a film that has been made purely for entertainment, is it? It's a film that has been made to tell a story and to prove a point and to kind of show a point. And that does do very well. Like it, it quite clearly shows you what it was like to live in that sort of, class system it's it, and it's it's in the old-fashioned way pretty much of upper class middle class and working class isn't it and you, you kind of see it all um it, it did like obviously it did lack that bit of entertainment probably that i have had in modern day films that i've been f- like forced into like needing from a film but it is really interesting to see how such a simple story of a man getting his bicycle stolen can teach you and tell you so much, especially in black and white and a different language. Um, so yeah, 7.75 I'll go for. What? What are you doing? 7.75? Hold on, what have you done there? It, it's no, not Olympics. piss off, we're not doing that. Because I don't want to, I don't like, I don't... I no, don't no, no, we're not, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. It's better than 7.5. No, we're not doing 7. that. 7.75? Well, it's not a 7.7, is it? Right, we'll give one. Either 7.7 or 7.8. I don't get why I can't do 7.75. I'm I'm sure that makes more sense than like 7.6. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, actually, because it, it, affect, it does affect everything else. Maybe it's... I thought it had been done before. Do you know what? Just to <laughs> cheer you up, I'll go 7.8. I'll, ra- I'll, I'll round it up. Give him his bike back. <laughs> 7.8. Oof, that's a trick. That's tricky on the old maths now, isn't it? Total score. The score is 24.5. That's big. Very good. 24.5. Fantastic. Jack, 
Have you got um? You got a hidden gem for us? I have got a hidden gem. I don't know if you're going to like this. Oh, this here is, we go. This is here a curveball. This is a curveball. It's Jack's hidden gem of the week. Just me then. Okay, on my own. It's a solo career. Solo. <laughs> Just me, just me. Oh my! We just How completely let you sing it. How embarrassing! <laughs> right, hidden gem this week. It's a film. It's on Amazon. You can rent it for about two pound fifty. I think it is two pound forty nine. Old or new? It's quite new. Two thousand seventeen. I think it came out. Random choice by me. I might have seen it. You might have seen it, but I've got into this sort of genre at the minute, and it's revenge film. Mm. So something goes wrong with this woman at the beginning. The film's called Revenge, I think, and this pin-up girl, this really attractive girl, she's she's sort of like away with her boyfriend for like a, um, a holiday weekend. And he brings his mates along for, like, shooting guns, for gun shooting. They're in, like, a hot country. It's, like, Mexico, somewhere like that. And there's just him and her, and then his two mates come along. But for some reason, she's, like, the girlfriend, and he's got a wife at home, right? So she's the bit on the side. Something goes wrong, and they have some altercation. He has a fight, and he pushes her off the edge of a cliff. (laughs) <laughs> and she's left for dead she lands sort of backwards in a tree oh no you sort of see it and this sort of this branch sort of like goes through her and you think oof Oop. done and they're looking over this cliff edge and they're like she's done why does he push her off Jack because it's the way he treats her and it like she's nothing she means nothing to him oh dear anyhow she's not fucking dead she gets up and she comes after them all. Oh, good. It's gory, but it's one of them that you watch and go, oof, what's she going to do? And How yeah. did you get into liking revenge films? I don't know. I don't know. I think I watched a trailer. I was searching. I saw a trailer and I went, I IMDb'd it. I had a look. It's got something like 6.9, which is quite high on IMDb. And I went, do you know what? Let's just give it a go. And watched it and it is entertaining. Yes, it's it's stupid. And yes, it's gory, but I, I don't know. It's just one of them that I put on and went, I quite enjoyed it. It's like a guilty pleasure. You need to get into American Horror Story. I think it'd be right up your yeah. street. Yeah. Me and Price are all over it. Where, where are we at the moment? Camp Redwood. Camp Redwood, fantastic. New series on Disney+. Plus. It's great. You'd love it, Jack. All set in the 80s. Oh, right. Okay, great. Up to series nine is on Netflix. And then series 10 and 11. Maybe 10, 11, 12 is on Disney+. Plus. Jesus, that's a lot. No, no, you can jump into this. It's not a series. Each series is a different show, basically. You can jump into whichever one you want. You could jump straight into this one, yeah. I would. Just jump straight into this one. You don't need to know. It's not carried, They're not linked. Well, anyway, that's the hidden gem. That's the hidden gem. Revenge. So, Jack, that's not the only thing that you're picking this week. Because it's your first film choice. It is my first film choice. And I was thinking, and I have to sort of like pick around what you guys have done. Subtitles. Well, I was, I'm not going to do that. And um, I just wanted to go full guns. I wanted to go full guns and kick off the year straight away with full guns. Get your big film out. 
big film out the way Godfather Part 2 what's meant to be the better one one or two well this is it Whoa. this is the one that's up for debate oof so this is the debate big debate Coulson okay so next week we are watching The Godfather Part 2 we're back here on Monday for Sofa Cinema Club Extraterrestrial and remember if you want to get in touch with us on the podcast you can do all you've got to do is go on to our social media we're on Twitter and Instagram at Sofa Cinema Club you can write to us at hello at thesofacinemaclub.com and if you want more Sofa Cinema Club all you've got to do is head over to Patreon and subscribe to us on there We'll be back here next week for more Sofa Cinema Club. In the meantime, good night, God bless. Bye-bye. Good night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast.